0: This is Generation Justice, a multimedia project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm kenya Alonso.
1: And I'm Joshua Green. Tonight, we are raking in a new year with some of New Mexico's most influential and inspiring leaders.
0: First, we kick off a new segment where we speak to New Mexico's elected officials, starting with newly elected Congresswoman Deb Holland. Congresswoman Holland is one of two Native American women ever elected to the U.S. Congress, and we will hear her vision for New Mexico.
1: On this special Sunday, we also continue our series Standing on the Shoulders of Giants with longtime national organizer and Los Jardines Institute's co-founder, Richard Moore.
0: As we go into our conversation with Congresswoman Deb Holland, we listen to the powerful poetry of the date John Trudel with his spoken word called See the Woman.
1: The woman. She has a young face, an old face. She carries herself well in all ages. She survives all man has done.
0: Last week, history was made by two Native American women. Cherise Davids of Kansas and New Mexico's own Deb Holland are the first two Native American women to be elected to the United States Congress. Today, we proudly call them Congresswomen.
1: Congresswoman Holland is a tribal member of the Pueblo Laguna and represents the first congressional district in the history of this country. There had never been, before now, Native American women elected to Congress.
0: That's right. And as a young Indigenous woman... Seeing Congresswoman Davids and Congresswoman Holland in a place where I've never seen someone like myself was like getting a glimpse into a brighter future.
1: Kenya, you had the opportunity to speak with Congresswoman Holland before she moved to D.C. Now, we will share what you learned about our new Congresswoman's dreams and visions for representing us.
0: This is Kenya Alonzo with Generation Justice, and I'm here with Deb Holland. Welcome to Generation Justice
2: thank you so much. I'm happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Could you tell us more about yourself?
2: I am the daughter of veterans. My dad is a 30-year career Marine. My mom was a Navy veteran. My father is buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, my mother was a 25-year federal employee. She worked in Indian education. And so we traveled around a lot because of my dad's career. And because of that, we have an extremely close family. I have two older sisters and a younger brother. Uh, I went to 13 public schools before I graduated from Highland High School in Albuquerque. And um, I started out as a phone volunteer, and now I'm a, I'm a member-elect of the U.S. Congress. Thank you. What's your vision going into Congress My vision is to move our country toward 100% renewable energy. Uh, I ran on fighting climate change and moving New Mexico to a renewable energy economy, and I would really like to work on that immediately. Uh, We have to do something about climate change. We have to uh, ensure that we can leave a planet to our children and grandchildren. Um, I also want to ensure that I work toward... Health care for every single New Mexican and every single American, and to make early childhood education a reality for every American child, and make sure that we are funding our public schools the way they need to be funded to give every single child a quality public education
0: and many other things. Thank you. How have you been received so far by other congressional members? I've been received,
2: uh, in the most gracious and kind ways. We, uh, we've, I've started building relationships already. There are so many Congress people, uh, you know, Congressmen and women who have been there for decades, who are doing good work and want to continue that, uh, who helped us turn our Congress to flip our House this time around. Uh, I've also met a lot of new Congress people who are going to work extremely hard. One uh, woman whose son was killed as a result of gun violence. And uh, so we all ran for the seats for our various reasons. And I I am going to respect and work with uh, the members who wanna do good things for our country.
0: Thank you. And I have to ask, what are you most excited about? I am most excited about, um,
2: you know, us moving forward together. Um, As I mentioned, climate change is my number one issue. I want to make sure that we are, um, you know, all of us moving together toward that. And so that's something I'll work toward. Um, I also, um, I mean, I'm, I'm joining the Congressional Progressive Caucus when I'm there. And um, uh, as a, as the first Native American woman in Congress, uh, I'm excited about bringing some issues to the table that perhaps they haven't thought about yet that are progressive issues that I know we can champion. I'll give you an example, the 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 reauthorization of NAHASDA, the Native American Housing and Self-Determination Act that needs to be reauthorized. That's a progressive issue. We want to make sure that people have housing. We want to make sure that Indian communities and Indian veterans have uh, programs they can rely on so that they aren't left out in the cold.
0: Thank you for bringing these issues to light. For your candidacy rally at the Indian Public Cultural Center, The governor of Laguna invited all of the indigenous women to the stand with you when he introduced you. Tell us what that meant to you. Oh, gosh,
2: I was uh, it's it's an emotional thing when you I mean, you know, it's history making because we've never had a native woman in Congress in over 240 years. So when you feel uh, the power of all those native women uh, behind you, supporting you it's it's an amazing thing
0: and it's very very humbling thank you and you've been telling us what you're going to do for us but what can we do for you
2: uh you can make sure that when uh, you can watch out for the things i'm doing in congress when i am working hard to get public support for a bill that i want to pass you can retweet it you can repost it you can call other uh, legislators to make sure that they are also supporting the bill uh you can make a social media campaign of your own or um you know in the case let's use this for example my friend Lucy Mcbath who is the mom who lost her son because of gun violence when she's ready to have a bill on the floor to make sure that we are implementing the proper background checks that that all of you join in to make sure that you're supporting her bill as well but anything that is good for our country that is good for New Mexicans we should all be behind and we should all support because public opinion matters a tremendous amount when you are trying to get legislation passed
0: is there anything else that you would like to add
2: earlier when you asked me to talk about myself I failed to mention that I'm also a single mom And my daughter, Soma, graduated from UNM last year on the lottery scholarship. And so I just wanted to acknowledge her
0: and that I am am also a proud mom. I feel like I owe myself kind of to really take this time to just tell you how much I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, I talked about this earlier, but I just want to say thank you for really being that person now that i can look up to and like i've had so many role models over my life and i can just say that i'm so excited to finally put another indigenous woman in there who's doing something so big i just really 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 want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart
2: thank you for your support you know it's it's important that we all stick together, and I want you to know that i 'll work extremely hard the main the What I said all through the campaign was these are the issues I care about, but I can make one promise, and that's that 's that i 'll work extremely hard and I promise you that I will work hard for you, for your classmates, for the people you care about for your family, for your friends uh, we 're all going to stick together and see if we can make something positive. Um, going
0: forward. This is Kenya Lanza with Generation Justice. Listening to this interview still makes me emotional, especially after seeing all the beautiful photos of you and your family at the swearing-in this week. A okay, Congresswoman Holland, for taking the time to share a moment with me. Before our next segment, we have some empowering tunes to share with you. Here is Sledge Puppy by the indigenous New Mexico band Nijoni Girls. Followed by sisters featuring Northern Voice by a tribe called Red. Richard Moore is a nationally recognized activist and social justice leader who lives in Albuquerque. He is co-founder of Los Sardinas Institute in Albuquerque, South Valley, which uses traditional land-based practices to support healthy, sustainable communities and workplaces.
1: Mr. Moore led the Southwest Organizing Project for 12 years and served as chair of the National Environmental Justice Advisory Council. He also received the Ford Foundation Leadership for Change Award in 2005.
0: Now, here's 14-year-old youth producer, Zen Dixon, speaking with Richard Moore about the lessons he learned from dedicating his life's work to the community.
3: This is Zen Dixon with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Richard Moore of Los Jardines Institute. Richard, welcome to Generation Justice.
4: Thank you very much.
3: So, um, can you please tell us more about yourself?
4: I've been... Uh, here in New Mexico now it's been i think 52 years i've 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 been here i came as a as a youth um and uh i was actually born in Harrisburg Pennsylvania um and but when i came here to New Mexico i actually didn't come from Harrisburg i came from from Park's Job Corps Center in Pleasanton California um i think part of that history is what's really really crucial uh to what we're doing here today um, I come from a multiracial family. Uh, my mother is Anglo, um, and my father, uh, my original father, is uh, is Puerto Rican. Um, so much of our family actually uh, I was born, as I say, I was born in Harrisburg, uh, but, uh, but um, most of my family actually were migrant workers, and so they were coming from the island of Puerto Rico, and then they would come through Pennsylvania. So... And part of my family settled in in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and that's where I was born at. Uh, So I'm co-coordinator of Los Arenas Institute uh, here in Albuquerque. I'm also national co-coordinator of the Environmental Justice Health Alliance for Chemical Policy Reform. I'm also one of the founding members and uh, board members today of the National Just Transition Alliance. Um, And there's uh, several other groups uh, that I or we uh, engage in at the national level.
3: So when did you know that you really wanted to work for the people and you wanted to impact their lives?
4: Well, I mean, I I think even looking back, um, it's kind of far looking back, Uh, you know, I'm 72 years old. I'll be Mm -hmm. 73 years old coming up here um, next year. Um, But uh, was those, you know, I think my mother uh, played a very instrumental role uh, in where I'm at today. Um, And so working in those fields as a very young not as a child but as a very young teenager um just seeing the conditions that the farm workers were working under uh the organizing that was taking place uh, by some of the organizers um in those fields and so on uh just gave me a very broad a broad sweep um of of terms of social conditions economic conditions uh racial conditions um and that helped to kind of uh instill in my in my mind Uh, the importance of doing social justice work. Um, And my mother was very, very active in her neighborhood. Uh, She was considered a a leader in the neighborhood, a community leader. Um, So I was attending meetings when I was very young, hearing various issues, unemployment, health care, child care, all the issues that uh, people of color um, and others face in this country today. So that really had a lot to do with my upbringing and where I'm at right now.
3: So me being a youth, I have a lot of mentors, including you, and I want to know what what were some of your mentors when you were young?
4: Well, I think, as I said, I think one of the primary ones really was my mother. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people ask the question every once in a while, who was, who was one of the people or several of the people that you look up to? And first, I do have to say my mother, because there was times in that history where I came from a, sam- a single family, and my mother was the one that was needing to bring me up, no? Um, so she's very clearly, uh, uh, one of my mentors, and a lot of what she taught me and what she shared with me, um, is where, what I attempt, the kind of person I attempt to be now in terms of the work we're doing. There's several other, um, I would say mentors. I've been fortunate here in New Mexico, and Miquette Vasquez from Northern New Mexico, um, who comes out of the Chicana, Chicano movement, um, Betita Martinez, uh, who's a writer um and batita mentored many of us throughout the years uh so there was a whole set of 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 people that i really uh looked up to i think one of the other ones that's crucial is Ernesto che guevara and i see i see che um as a mentor i uh, was fortunate enough uh, throughout these years uh before his father passed to spend some time with his father um and so we talked about the life of che in um, his international commitment uh, to to the movement to the international movement, so che was very clearly one of one of my mentors
3: and um what advice do you have for other young activists like me and many other people around the world
4: well i mean i i, I think not only looking at back but looking at uh, at where we are today um uh, one was the constant uh, reminder of of the relationship to the family. And I say that because um, meant for many of us, um, although we were in youth organizations um, years ago, I mean, uh, many may know that I come out of the Chicano movement. Um, and then based on that, he, even here in the city of Albuquerque, we founded the first um, health clinic, community-run health clinic here, uh, through the Blackberry organization with community members, uh, we found we opened up the first breakfast programs, um, feeding children breakfast before they went to school. Before uh, the breakfast program um, and lunch program opened up uh, in the Albuquerque Public Schools, so it's really that relationship with the question that you're asking. It's that relationship between youth and elders. Um, And so we have a lot to to learn and share with each other, Um, not only history but experiences and and so on. So we were attempting to constantly engage um, both the elders and bring elders into that youth circle. Um, So I think that's one of the very, very, very crucial ones. Um, I think another piece, because as we went through our organization uh, within the Black Berets, um, uh, there was a meeting that was held in northern New Mexico that was convened uh, by women and men um, elders. Um, and we sat in that circle together and shared the history, uh, sh- shared many of the issues that we were working on, many of the issues that they felt that we should be working on. And so they left us in that meeting uh, with three things. And I think this is uh, one of the major pieces I really want to be able to share. And I think these three things um, not only help to build and to mold uh, where I am, but I think we constantly share these three points uh, with others. One was never forget where we came from. Um, That's very, very crucial. A place does matter um, and where we come from and how we relate to where we come from in our day-to-day work. The other one was always remember who makes it possible for us to be here. Um, and so that can be our parents, um, that can be our, our, our grandparents, that can be Malcolm X, that could be Che, that could be many of the women, uh, leaders, uh, both locally and nationally and internationally. Um, so always remember who makes it possible for us to be here. I think the third thing that they, that they left with us was always give back to others what's been given to us. So even in that discussion that we were having in northern New Mexico, in the mountains of northern New Mexico, um, just remembering um, that it's our responsibility um, to give back to others what's been given to us. So if we if we go to school and graduate, um, and if we're looking at our careers from there, um, I'll rem- always remember those three things. Um, if for those sisters and brothers, young sisters and brothers that are on the streets that may have dropped out of school, um, may have gotten a GED, maybe decided that they weren't getting a GED or whatever it is, Um, we have a lot to learn from those young people at the same time, too. And and so if we keep in mind then, uh, give back to others what's been given to us, then we can truly build the kind of movement that's necessary to make major change in this country. I want
3: to know about some of your advice that you got when you were a kid.
4: Well, it was only really a a couple of years ago that that people would start uh, calling me on the phone, and they said, we want to invite some elders to this meeting. And, uh, I'm kind of laughing about that because I never considered myself an elder. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've just been doing what we've been doing. We continue to do it. And we get older as the time goes by, you know? Um, so looking back, lo- really looking back at things, um, I think one of those, r- uh, clear points to us is, 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 sharing and exchanging, um, responsibility and accountability. Um, and there were, wh- wherever we go in our life, uh, then based upon that, then um, remembering that we need to give back to others what's been given to us. So whether that's schooling in the institutional sense, um, whether it's high school, mid school or the university or, or whatever those may be, our communities are not necessarily laboratories, uh, but our communities bring a lot of history. And those that live in those communities bring a lot of history uh, to where we were, where we are and where we should be going. Um, so I think, um, that's, that's been a constant, constant, uh, experience for me. Even on my travels, uh, throughout the last, uh, many years, um, when I'm there, if I'm going for a conference or whatever that may be, really uh, trying to visit, set some time to the side as part of that trip and really, uh, visiting some of the elders and, uh, and letting people know that we care about them, no? That we really care about them. Um, one of the things that that from our from our historical uh, or from my historical upbringing um, is the whole concept uh, for the love of the people you know? so a lot of times people ask us, why do you continue uh, to do what you do and if we look back at the life of the Black Panthers, if we look at the young lords, if we look at many the American Indian movement, um, the red Nation. Um, if we look, if we look back, to Red Guard coming out of the Asian Pacific community, you would hear us in the fifties and the sixties, um, and even today, you would hear us say when somebody asked the question, um, "Why do you do what you do?" and we say, "For the love of the people." Now, that's something that's deep. I mean, that is that's something that's something that's extremely, extremely deep there. Because what does that mean for the love of the people? Now. And so it's not just a question of rhetoric or it's not just a question of a slogan or whatever that may be. At the end of the day, I think for many of us, um, that, uh, that we truly and firmly believe, um, in that comment for the love of the people. Uh, so in order to continue this work then and from our own learning experiences, we need to engage community. So then another piece of that then as we move forward is, is actually the fact um, that now that we're where we are, and this time technology has become a major, major, major piece of communications. Um, we always went knew who our neighbors were, um, engaged in discussions with our neighbors. Um, so what I'm what I'm saying is, let's use to the maximum technology, but never forget the primary source of communications is the engagement of discussions um, having with people. So let's never, never replace those discussions uh, with technology.
3: Okay, that was really inspiring. And I also want to know about what work led you to Los Jardines? Uh,
4: Well, today, uh, I think that um, uh, many people uh, know here, uh, that know our history. Um, When we look, as we look back in our own history, or if I look back in my own history, then based upon that and Los Jardines Institute, Los Sardines Institute is an organization uh, that's based in the South Valley of Albuquerque. I say based in the South Valley because it's not just a South Valley organization. We work with people all over the city and we work with people all over the state of New Mexico. Um, that engagement, uh, both what well, I'd say with our children and with our youth, uh, with adults and with the elders, as we begin to ask them if we form an organization, uh, then what are the kind of issues that you think we should be working on. So agriculture became uh, one of those because our people have a, a hundreds upon hundreds of years of engagement, of growing our own food, farming, gardening, um, eating healthy food, um, and this kind of thing. So then based on that, Los Hardines really came out of that piece of the history. No? Uh, Sofia Martinez is the other co-coordinator of Los Jardines Institute. Uh, she was originally born and raised in northern New Mexico and was brought up in a ranching farming community, um, along with her family, you know? So agriculture is something that we work on at Los Arenas Institute. Uh, we, we do have a lot of children on the property at Los Arenas. There's children's activities that the children are engaged in. Um, you know, some of those are very, very broad based, um, in our, like, annual activities that we do around our children's programming. Um, and then, linking that in Los Aenas to environmental and economic justice now. Um, because agriculture fits into uh, to environmental and economic injustice um, and then um, just as we see food nowadays, just to say, um, our people have been eating organic food for generations uh, they weren't they weren't using chemicals on the food, whether in rural communities in New Mexico or in urban cities. Now a lot of things have become trends. No? Um, so then, based upon that, then our elders have a lot to add to our farming, uh, to the farm that we have at Los Arenas and so on.
3: Um, okay. Thanks for your time, and I just want to know if you have anything else that you'd like to add.
4: Well, I mean, I think that um, you know that 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 what do we have to learn and share uh, from each other, and uh, we have a group of young people. And elders that have been with us here um, in Albuquerque for the last several days, we're planning uh, for our next year's uh, youth elder dialogue, as we call it. Um, So some of the points that we've that we've covered here are some of the same points that uh, that uh, we discussed then. I mean, I think the last couple of things we have to be able to take care of ourselves, Um, and so health is very very crucial to that. I mean, for many of us. Um, you know, we're, we work all day, whether we're working at Los Jardines in the fields or whatever we're doing there. But at the same time, we tend to slack off a little bit at times. Um, we cancel doctor's appointments for sure sometimes because a meeting came up mm. and we say, ah, you know, <clears throat> what we'll do is we'll just postpone that doctor's appointment and so on. So that healing, um, and we have a lot of healing to do together. Uh, but we've got to be able to take care of ourselves. Uh, many of our people are working seven days a week. Um, a lot of them that are doing grassroots organizing are not paid. Um, they're volunteers in their capacity. Um, and so when we really look at that, then um, then we have to be able to take care of ourselves. And so um, I'm flagging that because um and And some would laugh if, if they hear this because they say, This is Richard encouraging other people to take care of themselves when many of us many a times don 't take care of ourselves you know? um so all of that uh kind of adds up to the pieces that we 're talking about we're in this we 're in this movement not from a short range perspective but for the long haul you know? um so uh we plan on uh being around for quite a quite a long period of time.
3: Thank you for sharing your time with me, the people, the radio, especially the young people who are listening. Thanks, all power.
4: I would like to thank uh, Generation Justice. You all are doing a terrific job, so keep up the good work.
3: For Generation Justice, I'm Zan Dixon.
1: There's an amazing philosophy you mentioned earlier, Mr. Moore, how you center your motivation about the love for the people, many new people and inspiring change in them, even yourself. It's awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Moore. I really liked hearing about the history of the movement. Sometimes we forget to look to the past for wisdom. Now, here's a song chosen by Mr. Moore, Las Menonitas" by Los Alacranes, followed by Get Up, Stand Up by Bob Marley and the Wailers.
1: Quisiera
4: ser entrar por tu ventana Darte los buenos días
1: We've reached the end of another hour of New Mexican resilience and resistance. We'd like to thank our guests, Congresswoman Deb Holland and Richard Moore of Los Jardines Institute.
0: And thank you to 14 year old Zan Dixon for interviewing. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Kateri Zuni and Roberta Rael, with audio editing by Adrian Rivas.
1: We want to give a big shout out to all of our you producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice will also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners.
0: Our website is generationjustice.org where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud and iTunes.
1: We're also active on social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, the Konama Health Foundation, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate.
1: Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D., and next you'll hear Revolution by Nina Simone. I'm Joshua Green.
0: And I'm Kenny Alonzo.